So you're telling me there's a chance. Woo! It's the boy, Bubba. Let's come in through. Ella, clutch, flawless. Can't be touched. It's your boy, Bubba. Let's. Yeah, I need that hot take. I need the truth and everything that is not fake. So tell me who's Hello, Bubba Bunch, and welcome back to another edition of the Bubba Lut Sports Podcast. It is episode 190. We're closing in on 200 episodes. 190. This episode today is the Vikings versus Cowboys review from last Sunday in week 11 of the NFL. And boys, feels nice to win one. I I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought I thought the Vikings would just dominate this game. I thought the matchup was going to be ugly for the Cowboys. Um but I I've said it that the Vikings is always a tough matchup for the Cowboys. And in this game, much like in previous years, it's a tough, hard-nosed football game. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I loved every second of this because it was just the highs and lows of what we've seen out of the Cowboys this season. And we saw a really good Minnesota Vikings offense play very well. And they put up big numbers. The Cowboys, they, like I said, highs and lows for this football team. And, I mean, if if you're not a Cowboys fan, if you're not a Vikings fan, this is an entertaining football game, to say the least. But as a Cowboys fan, it is the most emotional and, and the most frustrating thing to watch in the world. But the Cowboys finally get a win. It's been over a month, and... I think my tweet after the game where I just post a little snippet of the office with Kevin saying how it's been rough lately and he's like it's just nice to win one. I think that that in itself is is just a culmination of of a Cowboys fan this season. But it took 11 weeks guys and I can finally say that I am proud of this football team. I was impressed by their play. Individuals, groups, units. I was impressed by a lot of these guys. There are some individuals that I still are skeptical and questionable about being on this team next year. Especially with a huge amount of these guys being free agents at the end of the season. But when I look at some of these individual performances... And what they accomplished against a good football team in the Minnesota Vikings. Their 4-6 and six record does not show how good of a football team this this uh, this Vikings team can be. You know, they have a, a young secondary that still has a lot to learn. But their defensive line, their pass rush is really good for not having the big names anymore. Or for the moment, at least. And their offense, I, I mean... Kirk Cousins goes over for 300 yards and three touchdowns as throw an interception. His passer rating was close to perfect. I mean, you cannot expect a better game out of Kirk Cousins. Adam Thielen has two touchdowns. He has 11 targets for eight receptions. Justin Jefferson got in a little bit of the mix. I mean, he found the holes and he was open significantly against this defense. And even through that, Cowboys come out with the win, 31-28, to game-winning drive to end the game. 
And there's just moments where I'm looking at this team and I'm saying, wow, this is exactly what we can feed off of. I know that it's the tanking season, but it's just not realistic to think that these teams are forcing losses and they're continuously losing these games in order to get a higher draft pick. I think where they are right now, I think they're third in the draft order for the Cowboys. That's still a really good place, even at 3-7. and seven. Maybe you can win one or two more football games. I don't expect them to win more football games. I didn't expect them to win this game. But if there's any game that they can really win, it's either against the Bengals. Now without Joe Burrow, we'll get into that in winners and losers later this week. It's going to be a, a real clusterfuck of a week. Excuse my French. Because um, we got winners and losers and the preview for the Washington game on Thursday. Happy early Thanksgiving to all of you. But we're going to do all those episodes um, in one day, so keep that in mind. But uh, Washington could be a winnable football game, especially with the performance they put up on Sunday. And then, of course, the Bengals game, like I just mentioned, without Joe Burrow, who is going to be out for the season after blowing out his freaking knee. After that, I don't really see them winning any more football games. The 49ers game is interesting, but... Um, we'll save that for when the time comes. So as far as this game goes, look, this first half is probably the best first half of Cowboys football that I've seen all year long. I absolutely loved how they played. So physical on defense. They did not make the mistakes. And offensively, you see, you see the stars really come out. C.D. Lamb is just... Oh... I, Justin Jefferson versus C.D. Lamb in this game was just breathtaking because of how good these guys are and how mature they are for being so young and only being rookies on this football team. They have tremendous careers ahead of them. And I feel like this was a game that C.D. Lamb needed. Justin Jefferson is having a phenomenal year. I mean, he's leading every single rookie wide receiver in pass or receiving yards. I mean, it's not even close. And then you have CeeDee Lamb, who is on a bad football team, but is still doing really good things. What I love about CeeDee Lamb is that he is always trying to get better. Coming out of college and coming out of Oklahoma, there's not much you think that CeeDee Lamb needs to learn. He can be used in the slot. He can be used in trick plays and disguises. This guy can do it all. I mean, he is a great overall wide receiver. Alongside Jerry Judy, I think he was the best one in the draft. And I'm shocked that he went down to 17, as are the Cowboys, as are fans, and as are any NFL team and fans. What I love about him is that through these struggles and through the times where he's not getting the ball as much, he's getting the targets, but the, the yards and the receptions aren't all there, especially with the, the carousel that is the Cowboys quarterback position. You, you sense that, oh man, this is rough for CeeDee Lamb because you see the potential and you see what he can do with this offense. I mean, he fits this offense so well and he's not getting the numbers. He's not getting the performances you would like. But he's coming out and saying, look, I need to be better. I think that in the last two games, and this was a few weeks ago, the last two games, I don't think I've done my part. I need to be better. And I love that about a guy that is so young and so talented. And then he comes into this game and proves that he is here for the long term, that he's getting better. Look, he, he only had four receptions, 34 yards. 
but that one touchdown with that amazing catch, those receptions are huge for the Cowboys in this game. And I am all on board with number 88, C.D. Lamb. I absolutely love this guy. Hesitant to get a, a jersey from him. But, man, oh, man, I am in love with C.D. Lamb. And I love what he's done all season long despite the struggles. He's got a really good future ahead of him. Uh, also, a pretty good day overall for the wide receivers. Omari Cooper had six receptions for 81 yards. Michael Gallup, he had a few drops, but made up for it with the two receptions for 29 yards late in this football game. And Dalton Schultz, if you want to give an award for a step up, uh, a depth guy that needs to step up, that's what I mean by that. A guy that needs to take over. For a position that's been dealing with injuries. I think Dalton Schultz has been one of the biggest positives to come out of this football team all year long. Not just that touchdown. Because that was a great play call by Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy. And it, and Dalton Schultz was wide open. And he only had four receptions, 25 yards, whatever. But he's always there when you need him. When you need those four or five yards. It's very similar to Jason Wynn and what Blake Jarn was doing before he got injured. Dolan Schultz has plugged himself in smoothly, easily into this offense. And he has made any quarterback that is under center for the Cowboys feel so comfortable in saying, no matter what, I got Dolan Schultz. I got a guy that can pass block, that runs blocks, that can get the, the just the easiest catch in the critical situations because he has great hands even coming out of college out of Sanford you know you didn't expect him to have this good of performances as far as receiving goes he was more of just a pass and run blocker in college but what he's done has been truly phenomenal and so critical to this offense back to what the first half really showed me is that defensive line was finding so much success in penetrating inside. And we're talking about not the elite of the elite. You know, Demarcus Lawrence, who was questionable for this game, and Randy Gregory, who was also questionable for this game, found really good success on the edge. And they can win their matchups plenty of times to get some hurry-ups, some hits on the quarterback, they only had a few sacks. I think it was either one or two in this game. But it was the pressure they were putting on, and especially in the run game, especially against Dalvin Cook. I get it. He still had 160 total yards in this game. But the way that Justin Hamilton, a guy that we're seeing out of the practice squad this year, we're seeing Neville Gallimore and Antoine Woods penetrating the inside like I've never seen them do before, and I haven't seen it in a very long time. They found so much success consistently at penetrating inside, getting their wins on the matchups, and forcing something uncomfortable to be done on this Minnesota Vikings team. And credit to the Vikings, who still found a lot of success, and they weren't worried about that. They weren't uncomfortable with that. But I loved seeing this penetration by Justin Hamilton, who is just coming out of nowhere. We're seeing that Antoine Woods consistently, who is probably the best defensive tackle on this team. And Neville Gallimore continuing his rookie success so far. 
Randy Gregory showing moments of his pure strength and abilities. Demarcus Lawrence finding the edge. I think the only person up front that struggled in this game was Dorrance Armstrong. He was really struggling at, at protecting the edge or setting the edge, which allowed Dalvin Cook, which allowed my um, uh, Kirk Cousins to roll out to his sides. But Dalvin Cook found a lot of success on the outside, and it was because Dorrance Armstrong was either too tired or he didn't know exactly where to go in order to set up that edge. And other than that, I felt like this was a really good performance out of that defensive front alongside the linebackers. Jalen Smith has moments where I'm like, dude, I, I'm not really like I'm not really liking what I'm seeing out of you. But Lane Vandris continuously putting up the big hits, big red zone stops by him. They ended up in touchdowns, but at least you forced them to to run another play. And Lane Vanderus did that very well. The only issues that I have with this team right now is that secondary. I'm seeing a lot of guys that are going to be free agents, but I'm looking at this football game and I'm saying, look, if you cannot at least put up an effort against Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, I get it. It is a tough task. It is hard to do it. But when you're not even trying, you're not even trying. Jordan Lewis came up big at the end of this game. I, he had some good stops to really force the Minnesota Vikings to be in a tough spot. So Jordan Lewis had his moments of highs and lows. Anthony Brown, who is, I believe, questionable for the Washington game on Thursday, he really struggled. I mean, he had to. He is the number one cornerback on this team right now with Trevon Diggs out for the rest of the year. And you only got back to Dobie Wujie this week off of IR. So Anthony Brown had plenty of work to do. And it was unimpressive. I haven't been high on Anthony Brown ever since he really took over as one of the starting cornerbacks on this team. And then Shadobi Wujie, of course. Look, I get it. It's your first game coming off of IR, coming off of a huge injury that took a big part of your season away. I'm going to let this one slide. I, I want to see how he bounces back against Washington, let's say against Terry McLaurin or some of those other Washington wide receivers, and see how we do the rest of the season now that he's healthy 100%. Because I can't base it off of this game because he, he's kind of rusty. He still has to get his feet under him for the 2020 year. This was a bad Bad game for Chidobi Wuche. Some penalties, some bad beats against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. It was a really rough day for Chidobi Wuche. And look, I Chidobi has his moments of being a good number two or number three alongside Trevon Diggs or in previous years with Byron Jones. And then he has the moments where I'm like, do not pay this man. Please let him go. And I am leaning toward the side of letting him go and seeing if we can get some more young guys in that secondary or look into the draft, which they should have done more often in this year's draft instead of just going for Reggie Robinson. But Reggie Robinson, I don't know where he is. I don't know if they're utilizing him at all. But I want to see Reggie Robinson and what he can do for this tail end of the season because I don't like what I'm seeing in Shadobi Uji or Anthony Brown. Jordan Lewis, I don't know. I, I don't know about him yet. I'm very questionable. I'm very skeptical about the secondary. 
Now, we don't need to worry about Donovan Wilson because I have never seen a harder-hitting safety for the Dallas Cowboys since J.J. Wilcox. But I'm seeing a more overall better performance and better overall athlete in Donovan Wilson that has been with the group, that has been with this team for many years and has finally gotten his chance. Mike McCarthy loves this guy, but he forced that fumble against Kirk Cousins. He just jumped off the line and, I mean, hard hitting. Whether it was against Justice Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I mean, Adam Thielen was hurt for early on in this game because he got that just squished hand in between him and Donovan Wilson. But Wilson put up a strong fight. I mean, hustle, physicality is something that this secondary has been missing. And I saw it in Donovan Wilson. Game ball goes to Donovan Wilson in this game. I absolutely think this has been the best performance out of any defensive player on this Cowboys team all year long. I think Donovan Wilson is the strong safety for this team for many years to come. He is not the greatest, but he is better than what we've seen in years past. They just need a free safety because they still give up a lot of big plays down the field, and that has to be on Xavier Woods. That has to be on Darian Thompson. Those guys have not been the answer, but I feel confident in what Donovan Wilson can do for the rest of the year, especially after a strong performance against a good team like the Vikings. And, of course, let's, let's talk about something that I've been talking about for many weeks. The running back situation. Ezekiel Elliott finally gets his first game of the season over 100 yards rushing. It took him 21 carries. Good for him. He deserved it. He worked hard in this game. I'm seeing a guy that is going for those extra yards. This offensive line played a lot better. I didn't even mention people. Terrence Steele got benched in this game. They move over Zach Martin to right tackle. They bring in Connor fucking McGovern. I told y'all motherfuckers. I told you that Connor McGovern deserves to be a starter on this offensive line. I think he did amazing. I don't think he gave up a single pressure all day long alongside Zach Martin. That right side of the, the offensive line played near perfect all day long. You sense that Andy Dalton had a lot more time to be more comfortable, to make better passes. He had that one interception. That was an incredible play, I believe, by Eric Kendricks. But other than that, Andy Dalton played good. He didn't play great. He played good. 104 passer rating, three touchdowns, 203 yards. He did what he needed to do. He went to his his go-tos in Dalton Schultz, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper on that slant route, he found great success, and he made some really good throws on those slant routes. But you just sensed that that offensive line felt more comfortable, especially on the right side. Joe Looney's doing good up front. Connor Williams, who I still think is the weakness on this offensive line, he did okay. And then we have Cameron Irving. You know, I don't know. I think he's good enough for for the left tackle position until Tyron Smith comes back or until Brandon Knight comes back. Maybe we see him get the start over Irving later in the year. But this offensive line did a lot better. And who would have thunk it? You take out Terrence Steele. You put in Zach Martin at right tackle. It's not fantasy football, ladies and gentlemen. It just makes sense on paper, and it makes sense on the field. But getting back to that running back situation, of course it helps to have that offensive line play so well. But Ezekiel Elliott forcing more yards off of his runs. 
you felt like he was more into this game, having to prove himself in this game, exploded for some big plays, and then, you know, oh, my boy Tony Pollard comes in big, gets the touchdown on a uh, 42-yard run. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I told you so. And it continues, it continues that I think that Tony Pollard deserves more on this offense. And I do think that this week, it, it gave me more of a feeling that Tony Pollard was on the field more often than not. And, of course, Zeke is going to have more carries overall. I mean, Tony Pollard only had five carries, but he makes them count. He had 12 yards per rush. Dear God. But, I, I mean, you don't even need to do 50-50 at this point. Because even at 35 to 40% of the carries going to Tony Pollard, he is so dynamic and so contrast to what Ezekiel Elliott does in the backfield that these defenses are not going to know how to cover or how to game plan against these two together. Like, now it's not just, like, how are we going to stop Zeke? Well, now we got to stop Tony Pollard that can be, you know, given the ball from the backfield, and he finds the holes, he sets the edge, and goes outside pretty well. I mean, he did that on the 42-yard rush. And we can even use him out of the backfield on passes. I want to see more two running back sets on passes if I'm Kellen Moore. I think Kellen Moore played a, a, a great game as far as play calling, especially on the Don Schultz touchdown. That was a perfect play call for that situation that lay in the game. And in the red zone. But man, oh man, Tony Pollard continues to impress me week after week. And if you're not on the Tony Pollard train, then I'm sorry, buddy. You just don't get it. Maybe you're just not meant to get it. But Tony Pollard is a beast. He's an animal. I, For once, people, I'm not like stupidly criticizing this football team. Of course, getting a win helps. But when we look at the team stats this was a pretty even football game i mean both teams had 24 first downs third down efficiency right around 50 percent just below that fourth down efficiency the cowboys were better with two out of three tries the minnesota vikings were oh and one in fourth down efficiency as far as total yards go minnesota had more Penalties, that was a struggle for the Minnesota Vikings, especially on like that fake punt that could have really turned the tide on this football game. That was one of eight penalties in this game for them, while the Cowboys only had four. Time of possession, that I didn't even mention this, that it was rough to watch that second half, especially in the third quarter, because that's when Dalvin Cook really settled in, and they took control of that, that uh, game clock. I mean, I felt this time of possession was going to go so far away from the Cowboys that they wouldn't even have a shot to come back in this football game because of how much time the Minnesota Vikings took off of their drives. The, the time of possession was 31 minutes for the Minnesota Vikings, 28 for the Cowboys. They really made up for it in the fourth quarter, but that third quarter was troubling for this Cowboys defense. So I was expecting more of the same of what we've seen all year long. I was like, oh, this is where the true Cowboys defense comes out. And 
I've been wanting 60 minutes of good football out of the Cowboys all year long. I didn't get 60 minutes, but I feel like I got 40, 45. It was that third quarter that really struggled for them because Dalvin Cook went off in that quarter. You know, Dalvin Cook ends with 160 total yards, a touchdown. He really took over in that that third quarter and a lot of the second half, even though he was banged up. I mean, Donovan Wilson, again, he was so physical. And for the Cowboys defense to come back from that, to say, look, that was rough. I mean, we were tired, especially Dorrance Armstrong and that, and that defensive line. They were tired. They were beat up. To go into that fourth quarter and saying, let's just settle in. Let's just get off the field when it is third down. We might give us some yards. Just don't give the big plays. Let's get on third down. Let's get off the field. That's exactly what they did midway through the fourth quarter to give Eddie Dolan that last shot to win this game. That's exactly what they did. I'm impressed by that performance by the Dallas Cowboys defense. Mike Nolan, you're starting to impress me a little bit. I'm not going to be sold on it yet. I'm not going to buy or sell on it yet. But from what it was a few weeks ago where I said fire this man immediately, I'm going to back off a little bit. I'm going to back off a little bit because the secondary, of course, needs that help. And Donovan Wilson was a shining glimpse of what it can be. Let's see how they do for the rest of the year. But I'm looking at this team up front. And I'm saying, I'll rock with Antoine Woods. I'm good with Neville Gallimore. Justin Hamilton, if you want to put some really good effort in there, I'm fine with that. And if you want to set the edge with Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence for years to come, I'm all for it. Lane Vanderish played well. Jalen Smith and Sean Lee can't say the same, but they also didn't play the worst. So that's a win. Overall, this was a good game. This was a good win for the Cowboys. And they're not going to the Super Bowl. They're... I don't think they're going to win the division, but they have a shot to do it because anybody can win the NFC East right now. But just go out there and play like this for the next seven weeks, six, seven weeks. And I'll say, you know what? It may not be as high as a draft pick as we wanted to, but with Dak coming back next year, Blake Jarwin coming back next year, and that defense hopefully gets better with the system that they're accustomed to now with Mike Nolan. We're in good hands. We're in good hands. There's a chance that they win this division. They have to beat Washington. They have to beat Washington. They have to beat Washington. I can't stress this enough. They have to beat Washington. Because I really sense that the Eagles are just so bad. They are terrible. The Cowboys are... I don't, I don't know. So that leaves... Me to believe that either the Giants or the Washington football team win this division. I think the Giants are going to play really good for the rest of this season. They have a really good defense, and not many people are talking about it. Daniel Jones, as long as you don't lose that ball, they can win some football games. And Washington, somehow with no quarterback, their defensive line is the scariest in football. And that can win them a lot of games. Just throw to Terry McLaurin, give it to Antonio Gibson, no matter who, throw me in at quarterback, I'll take a contract at this point. And then if your defense can create turnovers and get just so physical up front to create madness on that offensive line. Washington is someone to look at to win this division. I do think the Giants probably have the best chance of winning this division right now. 
because I feel like they're the most, not polished, but I feel like they're the most set team to make that playoff run. But who knows with the NFC East. But if you're the Cowboys and you want to win this division to at least say fuck it, I mean, why not just throw Andy Dolan to the playoffs and see what happens? You got to beat Washington. You have to redeem yourselves for that loss earlier in the season when you had Andy Dolan go out with a concussion. You win this football game, good traction, good progress, and we'll go from there. So wait for that preview that we're going to do with the Washington football game game, no, Washington football team game for Thanksgiving, uh, for Wednesday. Uh, I'm recording this on Tuesday, but it'll be Wednesday when it comes out, and we'll talk about that matchup, and we'll also talk about winners and losers of Week 11. A very intriguing Week 11 and week in the NFL. I'm trying to watch back some of the games that I was really curious about. Just watch the Patriots game. That was, I mean, we'll get into that in winners and losers. But I'll uh, I'll put on my uh, my bubble Lutz analysis and look at some of these games, and we'll talk about them later on in the week. So thank you, people, for watching or listening. Episode 190 of the Bubble Lutz Sports Podcast. I think. You know, this is the happiest I've ever been on a Cowboys review. So take advantage of it because it won't happen often this year. If it does, cool. If not, good luck. Godspeed. But uh, this was this was a good episode. I think that we got through all of what we needed to talk about. And, of course, we got that really early turnaround for Week 12. So uh, we'll see you very soon on the Bubble Let Sports Podcast. So make sure to follow, make sure to subscribe. We're still on the road to 100 subscribers. We really haven't gotten many subscribers lately. So make sure to share it with your friends. Make sure to show anybody that is interested in sports or in the Cowboys, and uh, we'll get them on the uh, Bubba Bunch uh, sooner rather than later. By the way, Bubba Bunch Formation made an appearance this weekend. I think it was actually on the Minnesota Vikings uh, touchdown in the red zone, and I think the Cowboys did it as well. Bubble Bunch formation never fails. So thank you again, and we'll see you next time on the Bubble Lut Sports Podcast. Yeah. Hold on, tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. Now would you lose if it been a better draft pick? And do you cuss when your team get their ass kicked? Now do you keep it classy or you keep it ratchet?